Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Faith in the Morning. Something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. Faith in the Morning exists to help you start your day with faith and encouragement. So I'm so glad that you're watching it and listening today. However you're watching or listening or on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I'm so glad that you're starting your day with faith and encouragement. Today, I have a special guest, Pastor Bob Yandian. He is with us. He'll be sharing with us, sharing from his revised and expanded edition of God's Word to Pastor. So you don't want to miss it. If you're watching one of our live streams, go ahead and share right now so other people on your timeline can be encouraged and hear wisdom from this man of God. So Pastor Yandian, and thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. And um, I know I've had the honor of be, uh, sitting under your ministry in person in Tulsa, as well as in Bishop Butler's conferences. So thank mm -hmm. you for taking time out of your schedule to share with us today. Well, thank you, Pastor Carrick. It's good to be with you. So tell me, because I know this is the revised and expanded edition. Mm -hmm. And I know I have different pastors who do listen to the podcast, as well as a lot of people who may not be in ministry. Can you share with them just some of the heart behind the book and the heart behind the expanded edition and some of the things yes. that are stirring in your heart concerning this? Well, this is one of the first books I wrote many, many years ago. And I wanted, as I learned in pastoring, I wrote the book and I've learned so much since then. Really, the book is everything I have taught toward pastoring condensed into one books. I had a book on church government, a church on a book on uh, you know, just how to work with people in the church. I put all that together years ago into one book. It's expanded so much here lately. I have a great opportunity to speak to Bible school students. And I find the one thing that's missing there is they learn all the, uh, they learn all of the methods, but they learn how to handle people. And uh, this book is really what that's about too. It's not only just the nuts and bolts of pastoring, but how to handle people, how to choose people in a church, whether it's a deacon, to stand by the front door and greet people coming in or usher people in, or whether it's elders that teach a class and, and minister in the church and actually can take the role of the pastor when he's not around. And that's, it covers pretty much the gamut of the thing. And uh, it's just valuable. In fact, I really wish I'd have had something like this. I had a variety of books that I would go to, but to have actually everything in one book, that's why I really wrote the book. And it's been, it's just been one of those stable things throughout the years. So I'm glad you've got a copy of it. Yep, I'm looking forward to get through. I just started going through it. Too. Yeah. Um, and so you're talking about Bible school students and I have a number of people on the podcast who are in Bible school, about to start uh -huh. school. And what is something that you would share with them? Well, I want to tell all Bible school students what I tell every one of them when I first take a class. This Bible school is not a church. This is a class. Don't forsake church while you're going to Bible school. If you got a, two years of Bible school, don't say, well, we're taking a vacation from going to church. Actually, the church is what is, I call that the lab class. When you're here getting th your theology and how to put a sermon together, you need to go to lab class and find out how this works with people. And I honestly will admit to them, probably 70, 80% of what you learn in Bible school, you'll never, you never use because we don't teach you how to work with people. And church is learning how to work with people. And people can be either the greatest asset you have, or they can be a real pain. They can hurt you. You know, people can say bad things about you. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. I teach with Andrew Womack at his Bible school, and they actually asked some of the alumni from 10 years ago, please tell us what you wish we would have taught in Bible school. 80% of it was you didn't tell me how to handle people. You didn't tell me to be mean board members. And you didn't tell one guy said they, you didn't teach us how to be omnipresent. They want me at every graduation. They want me at every baseball game. 
and all this. It was just the common things we put up with as pastor that wasn't taught there. And they said, we look back at our notes and we really don't need much more help in putting a sermon together. We just need to know how to handle people. So that's a lot what this book is about. Awesome. What would you say to the people who are, they're not pastors, but they serve on the ministerial team, whether they're on the ministerial side or the administration side, what advice and wisdom would you give to them? I would give them two things. Number one is you are a team, learn to work as a team, but don't sacrifice your individual qualities. You know, if a, if a quarterback's not doing good, it's not because he doesn't know how to work with the, with the, often with the team. He's not that qualified himself. The better your qualifications are, the better you can work with the team and strengthen the team. So you need to learn to be yourself and yet work with a team of people and, uh, and work with the pastor. So again, just, just maintaining that individual quality you have. God made you an individual, but he also made you to work with a team. That's good. What would you direct your advice to those who sit in the second chair, the executive pastor or senior assistant pastor? You know, their role is unique on all the staff. What would you advise them? What wisdom would you have for them? I would say whenever you take the pulpit, don't preach your differences. Maintain support for that minister. I've seen oftentimes so many associate pastors, assistants, or, you know, elders that work under the pastor. Whenever the pastor's gone, they take that opportunity to preach something their way. Never cause division. Always pick what you can to enforce and add to what he has said. If you have something to help support him, do so. But don't take that opportunity to say, I want you to hear what I have to say, because that's not what it's for. And uh, oftentimes I've seen a young minister take over a church and they can't wait to tell you how they differ from the previous pastor or differ from the denomination they came out of or the group of churches. If you're going to teach on something like that, wait a long way down the road. Let people get to know you first and then tell them, I'm not here to change your mind. If I come out a little bit different today, understand I am a different person, but I'm here to support you, support the church, support the group we came out of, because without that vision, I wouldn't be here. Oh, that's good. Um, so let's talk about pastors. So there's various types of pastors. What advice would you give to the people who are in the process of church planning or just pastor church? Maybe they just took over one existed or did they just plant it? Yeah. Uh, I would advise them don't get caught up in the methods, stick with the word of God. The sad thing is today is we have churches that call themselves word churches, but when's the last time you actually opened the word? When's, you know, we say, yeah, but we do that every week. No, a lot of times it's, it's, it's come so much today into storytelling with a few scriptures added. You're here to preach the word. Let the word explain itself. If you have any stories, add a few stories to the word, not take the stories from the word and add it to your life. We're here to hear what Jesus had to say, what Paul had to say, what Peter had to say, what Isaiah had to say, because it's still true today. And to really open the Bible and let it speak for itself is becoming rare today. And uh, it's really what people need. They don't need Bob's opinion. They need what Jesus said. So that's what I would admonish them to do. Stick with the word of God. That's good. What would you say to pastors who, after going through the last two years and all the unique challenges the last couple of years brought, who may be feeling tired or burnt out, or what would you say to them? Um, I, there's one major thing about how to get yourself pumped back up, and that's pray in the spirit. It's the rest and refreshing, Isaiah said in Isaiah 52, he said, or Isaiah 28, that he said with stammering lips, he would speak to them and bring comfort to them and strength to them. And you don't have to take a vacation, although that's great. I admonish every year, take a good vacation. But I think a momentary 20-minute vacation, of just getting alone, praying in the Spirit, getting with the Holy Spirit, he's your comforter, but he's also your strength. Yeah. 
and uh, stick with that because again, those people out there are tired. Other ministers are tired, but you can't just take off anytime and go somewhere. God has built into you and into your, into your ministry, that strengthening process. And that's one of the major ministries of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What would you tell congregations about one of the best ways to partner with their pastor and for that vision to come to pass in the local church? Um, there's a verse of scripture, two or three of them in Ephesians and Philippians, and that's to strive for unity. And don't hang around people that talk bad about the church. If you have anything bad about it, go to the person and ask them. If you have something against the music, go to the music director and ask them why they do that instead of griping among people. It says endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. And endeavor means it's hard work. It's hard work to keep a church going in unity. And in that particular case is to know when, if you hear people talking bad, say, have you talked to pastor about that? Have you talked to his wife? If you're talking about his wife, have you talked to her? And uh, that's, that's the fastest way to put it down and maintain unity. So there's always going to be differences of opinion. Everybody's got difference of opinion. But to learning to hold that down and categorize it, it's not a heaven or hell issue, what I disagree with. And people often leave the church over the smallest of things that gets festering into a large thing. So being able to keep things in their priority, but then also walk in unity with the pastor and there's also going to be times you'll disagree with their doctrine, but you know what? The main thing we're called to is winning souls. We're there to evangelize our cities. We're there to create unity in the church. That's what we're for, to work with our community from God's point of view, not from man's point of view, and to produce a church full of strength and power that people actually want to come to. Oh, that's good. Um, with For pastors who've been pastoring for a long time, and I'm going to tell 10 years, like 20, 30, 40 years, what would you say to them? Um, I would say, I, uh, thinking about the major thing today is what seems to come about is older ministers don't like younger ministers, and younger ministers don't like older ministers simply because of age. They think once you reach a certain age, you're, you're useless, and the, the older pastor thinks unless you reach a certain age, you're useless, and they look at each other like that. We need both sides, and to learn to work with younger ministers and older ministers together there's always been that. I mean, Elijah had an Elisha working with him, and David had a Solomon under him, and uh, Moses had a Joshua. There's always that age difference, but learning to work with each other, gaining the insight and wisdom from the older generation, and then the uh, older generation looking at the, the abilities and the strength and the stamina of a young person, that's what you need around you. Together, we make a great team. And uh, anyway, that's just what I see that uh, older ministers can do is learn to value those younger people. And remember something, if you think they're dumb, well, so you were too. You were like that one day. You didn't just gain all this smarts overnight. It, you learned to follow the word and you learned to work with people and maturity came. And quit getting upset with them that in, in five years, they haven't gained all the wisdom you've had in 40 years. Understand it's going to take some time. That's good. Um, what's your favorite chapter or part of this book? <clears throat> Let's see. I would have to say probably the area of what I've just talked about is learning to work with each other, because what you get is staff members can come together, but when you finally learn to work in unity and listen to what each one says, that's where real teamwork begins. But God hasn't called you only to be a team, and God hasn't called you only to be an individual. He's called you to put all that together. And that just takes work and understanding and forgiving one another. 
when someone does something or says something you don't agree with, listen, this not only works among staff members, but it works among church boards. It works among, you know, the congregation and the pastor, because there's always a constant working of unity. And uh, that, that whole aspect of unity is so important to me. That's what really identifies and keeps us church strong. You can even have a pastor that's not strong in the word of God, but if he walks in love toward people, that love attracts people. And that love makes people want to walk in unity. So I've seen churches with great doctrines and great abilities of pastors to teach, but all that controversy and strife is what causes the church to fall apart. That's why we need to learn to value each other and the position you have and not look down on it thinking, well, my, my importance is greater than yours. No, there's no such thing as a lesser important member of the body of Christ. That's good. Can you share more about that, about valuing each other? Uh, that's just that's a wonderful point. Okay, well, the Bible talks about you've got ears and eyes and hands and feet. All that, that's the body of Christ. And what I think is important is, like one of them says, the ear can't say to the eye, I don't have any need of you, nor the foot to the hand, I don't have any need of you. What it is is an unseen or less seen part talking to a more seen part. Like the ear says, I'm around the corner over here. This woman just pulls her hair over me. Nobody sees me. But the eye, everybody sees. When's the last time my husband looked deep into my ear? Well, you don't do that. You look deep into the eyes. And the foot can say, this guy sticks me in a sock and stuffs me in a shoe. And the hand is seen all the time. There's always more visible members of the body of Christ and less visible members. But then when it comes to function, so to me, that's the greatest part of learning to value each other is learning as, even though I think I'm seen more by the people than this one, than this person over here, you know what? God wouldn't rather lose either one of us. We're both important to him. Thank you so much for your time today. Before we go, can you pray for everybody who's watching? You betcha. Okay. Well, Father, I just joined right now with Carrick. We agree in prayer together, Father, for the ministers watching. This is such a valuable part of the body of Christ, the ministers you called to shepherd your sheep. Father, thank you for them. But Father, I pray for them right now with all the confusion going on in the world, all the things going on in government, all the things going on in the press, everything around us. Father, for us to simply come back to it, we are called as ministers of the word of God. Father, I ask for a fresh insight from each one of these ministers to gain a whole new value for the, for the importance of the word of God, for teaching the word of God. Father, I thank you for them. And I ask right now that they'll depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, not looking to the world for their strength, not looking for approval for their strength, but looking for you to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I thank you for this, Father. And I thank you for this opportunity just to share. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And thank you so much for- Yeah, thank you. Faith in the Morning, everyone, you can get Pastor Bob's book. It's on Amazon. It's available wherever books are sold. It's God's Word to Pastors, the Revised and Expanded Edition. Pastor Yanni, once again, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. That was such a great wisdom-filled interview with Pastor Bob Yanian. You can get his book, God's Word to Pastors, online. I encourage you to read if you're a pastor, if you're in ministry. But if you want to understand what the ministry of being a pastor is like, you can read this book. Have a great day. Now something good is going to happen to you, so expect miracles. God bless.